Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Man. And sport, a timeless means of entertainment. Some men hit home runs, others are curb stumped. Some win Cy Youngs, others get dunked on. Some men become MVPs, others have 70 saves in a game. But your stats won't matter here. Here we discuss the issues, search the hearts of men, and judge in vivid detail. Only raw takes will do. This is sports analysis. This is sports unchained. This is Sportico! Sporticus is now on Patreon. We have three tiers. $1, $2, and $5. You can get things like bonus episodes, chat forums, polls and voting, live stream Q&As, monthly giveaways, and fan recognition. Become a patron today. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the second episode of Side Control with me, your host, the ridiculously handsome, the unfathomably knowledgeable Side Mount Sam, rather. How are you guys doing? I uh, I got to apologize, you know, right off the bat before I uh, keep flirting with y'all with the sultry sound of my voice, but I got to apologize because when I did the first one of these, I was really, you know, excited about doing more. And then, uh, you know, life hits and sometimes, you know, life hits you and you get, you get stunned. <laughs> well, in my case, it wasn't really in the bad way. I, you know, I 
got my own place. Um, you know, I don't have any roommates anymore, which is nice. So not that the uh, ones that I had were bad people or, you know, unbearable to live with or anything like that. They weren't, they were, you know, really good actually. Uh, my favorite sets of roommates, honestly, but, um, it was just time, you know, time to get my own, own thing going. And, <laughs> uh, when I found my own place, I, I didn't realize, you know, cause they always talk about like, yeah, well, when you move out on your own, you know, you're going to, you know, be lonely. And I, I've had roommates for a long time. Like I've lived on my own for, you know, a very small period of time, but like it was when I was, you know, also a little bit younger and in a, in a different like place financially and uh, professionally and you know, so it was a different experience and that's why it was so short lived. But like I've had roommates for probably since I was 18 years old and I'm 31 now. So that's close to what, 13 straight years. Like I, I, I'm always used to, or I've always been used to somebody in the house at all times, you know, and finally, like I'm not only not collecting just one bill from a couple different people, but I'm paying all of them from myself and, you know, on top of my own rent and everything. Like I feel like a, like a big kid, you know, (laughs) you know, hashtag adulting or whatever you want to say. I don't know. But, uh, I just, you know, big things like that. You know, I, I also got my first tattoo last, uh, last Saturday. So I'm, uh, officially no longer afraid of people with tattoos. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But I did get my first tattoo. It's a, it's the Archangel Michael, but it's a, a more personal, uh, you know, touch on his look and the general uh, ambiance around him. Usually, when you see anyone with a, a picture of an archangel on their body at all, it's always the traditional, Mar- you know, Michael with the the curly flowing hair, you know, kind of golden if it's colored or you know just flowing and curly. Um, or it's the one where, you know, the biblical one where he's striking down Lucifer into hell and everything. And I do plan on doing a Michael Lucifer theme on my other forum. I'm going to do a, a Lucifer with a, uh, uh, like a, um, a red theme to it. Whereas my Michael one, actually everything in it's more shaded blue if it's shaded at all. Uh, but it's a grayscale blue shading sort of thing with blue lightning, kind of like, a black clouds that are kind of shaded with dark blue and, um, a flaming sword like Michael used to, you know, help defeat Lucifer. But the the flame, instead of being red flame, it's blue flame. So it's all, I think it's cool. People that have seen it that are close to me say it's cool, but they're probably just, you know, being polite. But I think it's cool. And, you know, realistically, that's all that matters for a tattoo, right? <laughs> but yeah, the next one's going to be, going to be Lucifer. It's going to be on the other form. It's going to be, you know, grayscale, but also, you know, red shading for whatever we, uh, me and the artist figure out, you know, looks best of course, but that's enough of that. (laughs) That's just what I've been up to. Um, I have been keeping up on the UFC fights. That's, that's something I, I never stopped doing. So whether I'm podcasting or getting tattooed or hurting myself playing softball, I, I always watch the UFC fights. Um, and if I don't, then fuck you. But those are usually fight nights. You know, I, I haven't missed an actual card, uh, pay-per-view card in a, a really long time. Um, but I did watch this weekend with Dillashaw Sandhagen. That was just, that was a card I specifically wanted to see. And it was the same day I got my tattoo. So I thought it'd be like a great way to do a Saturday. You know, like, you know, I got off of work at 1130. I went and got my tattoo at one, got done at five, fucking got back and watched Dillashaw Sandhagen. Like, Honestly, it was it was a good card. 
uh, you know, I really like it. I, I don't think I'm going to talk about the whole card. There are, you know, specific fights I want to, you know, make mention of. Uh, but that Dillashaw Sandhagen card or uh, fight itself, that was actually like a really interesting storyline, you know, before, during, and after. So I'm I'm excited to talk about it, but man, like we've missed a lot, guys. You know, in the in the last time that I've done the podcast, there's been a lot that's gone on. I'm not gonna cover it all. I'm sure Sean and I will cover it in the future. Um, cause him and I have also missed time together on that podcast, you know, with, you know, life getting busy for me, life, I'm sure getting busy for him. You know, he has other podcasts and other things he's got to do too. So whenever it was good for me to do it, sometimes it wasn't good for him. And the majority of the time it was my, you know, my schedule or whatever I was doing that got in the way. So, you know, we can't, Sean, Sean tried, man. Like he, <laughs> I, I just want to shout out to Sean, man. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sorry that I, I didn't make myself more available. I just, you know, sometimes life catches up to me and you and everyone. And, but you know, Sean, uh, Sean and I are still doing other podcasts. We put one out for the, uh, Poirier McGregor, um, fallout, I guess you could call it. <laughs> it was kind of like a nuclear bomb. So it definitely has fallout, you know, <laughs> but you know, going forward, I, I really want to try to do one of these every week. I'm not sure if I can make it uh, or relegate it to a specific day that it'll come out, but I, I'll really try to make it consistent. And if I can find a point of consistency and I can lock it down to a specific day, you guys will be the first to know. Um, I, I really do appreciate all of you guys listening um, to all my listeners, if there are any listeners, or if it's just me just talking to myself, which is, I mean, par for the course, right? <laughs> But, (laughs) man, the U. did I not tell y'all on several podcasts that the UFC is getting better since the ESPN deal because it's taken as an actual sport. So even Dana White and all the recruiters, anyone that has a a hand in matchups, all those guys know the formula now to make the good fights. And not just the fights that we want to see, but the good fights that lead to fights that we didn't know we wanted to see, but are absolutely necessary for the sport to progress, you know? And, and as far as we've come, it, it's, it's kind of weird that this weekend between kind of a relic in my mind, because it was two years, two and a half years ago that we saw TJ Dillashaw fight. But he's kind of a relic in my mind of like, man, the you know, those days with like him, Dom Cruz, Faber, you know, Cody Garbrandt, you know, Henry Cejudo was, you know, coming up and fighting and stuff like just those those days almost seem so distant. And it wasn't even that long ago, but like the Bantamweight division itself right now, it is a completely different thing, you know, and, and than it was then. Sorry, it was a, it's a completely different thing now than it was the last time we saw TJ Dillashaw fight. And that's why this fight with Sandahagen was so interesting to me because it was uh, almost the proverbial changing of the guard in terms of Sandahagen versus the old way with TJ Dillashaw. And <laughs> you, you wanted, you wanted, uh, you wanted to see Sandahagen win. Honestly, if you, if you've been following the storyline where TJ Dillashaw is basically the Houston Astros of the UFC and he was taking EPO and doing all this and that and you know just not not a 
not abiding by the integrity of the sport. And he got suspended for two years. And before his suspension happened, I think his last fight was, you know, three to six months before that or whatever. So it's been like two and a half, you know, whatever, clo- closer to three years than not. Like, since the last time we saw him fight. And, man, I I got to say, the last time we saw Corey Sanhagen fight wasn't terribly long ago. And he was knocking a, a just a true professional, a true legend, Frankie Edgar. He knocked Frankie Edgar cold out with a disrespectful knee. Man, if you haven't seen that, look it up. (laughs) Corey Sandhagen, Frankie Edgar, look it up. That is just a man. The way that he landed that knee, and I say disrespectful, like disrespectful knee, but the the way that he landed it on such a legend, somebody who's as technically knowledgeable and, and almost flawless as Frankie Edgar, like you would think that nobody would ever land a flying knee on Frankie Edgar. And not only did he land a knee on him, but he almost slammed the door in his face, sort of, so so to speak. When he did it, he was just whack. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't even like, you know, he took this big, long thing. No, it was like, it was, you know, one second they were exchanging. Frankie Edgar, like, either faked to shoot or uh, he was going to sprawl. I don't know what he was doing exactly, but he flinched and Sandhagen flinched too. Just the difference was Frankie Edgar flinched a level change, whereas... Sandhagen flinched a flying knee and just, you know, followed through with it and everything and just put a legend to sleep. And, you know, so that was, that wasn't too long ago. I don't, I don't have the date off the top of my head and I'm not going to, I'm not going to look it up, but that kind of leads us to this point where Sandhagen's, you know, kind of like, Hey man, I get a top fiver and then, you know, enter stage left TJ Dillashaw. And I I just, I can't say that that was necessarily fair to Sandhagen considering the level that Dillashaw left at. Um, but at the same time, a two, almost three year layoff, uh, man, when I saw the matchup, I was actually pretty excited. My, my gut reaction was, Oh, this is going to be good. You know, cause you got TJ Dillashaw, who is coming off of that, you know, what was it? Sorry, like I said, two to three years suspension. You know, two years is what it was suspended. But he, he didn't fight, you know, he, after his uh, last fight, he didn't fight for a little bit. So before his suspension kicked in. So it, it, it was longer than two years, you know. So uh, there was like a, like, a, like a medical suspension, I think, from his last fight. And then the suspension kicked in. But I digress. But... <laughs> You, you you can't imagine that TJ Dillashaw is just sitting at home doing push-ups and crunches. You know what I mean? Like, he he's still training. He he knows what to do to keep himself in shape. And honestly, he's one of those types of guys that is just good at coming ready. You know, um, the Henry Cejudo fight, in my opinion, was stopped a little short. I'm going to get a lot of outrage on that. And I've had a lot of my friends disagree with me. But it was it was stopped short, in my opinion, I would have liked to have seen Dillashaw or Cejudo not moving at all, you know, because both of those guys are such scrappy fighters. Yeah, they're going to take some poundage on the ground, but they're going to be getting themselves up if they can. And I mean, like anyone would, of course, but like those two in particular, like you got to let them get finished, finished, you know, (laughs) like, like dead, dead. Like, <laughs> like, oh shit, you better stop him or I think he's going to start spraying brain matter sort of dead. 
because those guys are just warriors and they're they're always in the fight until they can't you know so this this Dillashaw Santa Hagen fight was really like a story of what do you got left in the tank after a two year suspension kind of like a like a big hiccup you know um Kind of, kind of like you know, baseball players back in World War II who got called away to uh, the war, and you know, there's always speculation on what they could have done. Well, that's this is two years in this growing bantamweight division. Now, I don't know if you guys remember who is all in that same bantamweight division, but besides the bullshit fight between Aljo Sterling and Piotr Jan, you got those two. I'll count those as top fivers any day then you got you know obviously Santa Hagen who was a top fiver you got Jose Aldo Cody Garbrandt uh Cody Garbrandt I don't know if he's still in the top five after this fight I'd have to check the rankings but we can even just go top 10 just for the sake of name dropping you know because Dillashaw after this fight had to be can has to be considered top five right but even before it was like he was good enough to fight a top fiver so like you know, you have to put him in there, you know, maybe as an honorable mention, but then you got Rob Font, Marlon Marias. I mean, you could still count Frankie Edgar as a contender in the top 10, you know, the, the Santa Hagen fight aside, Pedro Munoz, Dom Cruz. Um, there's a guy that I'm super excited about and I'll get, uh, I'll, I'll tell you his story in a sec before I finish or after I finish my point, but Marab Duavis, really, he, he's, he's around there. And, of course, you got your Marlon Barrows, Cody Stamens, guys like that. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Sean O'Malley's in the Bantamweight division, too. So, whatever, right? Um, I'd say more Chris Moutinho. But, uh, yeah, so like the Bantamweight division's pretty exciting. <laughs> you know? So, I... <sighs> I can't honestly... I can't honestly sit there and tell you that... The Sanhagen Dillashaw fight didn't have title implica- implications because it does. Dillashaw left on top if he wins his first fight back after how many years against the top contender. Theoretically, he should just get another title shot, right? And then you put him against Corey Sanhagen, who all of us wanted to see fight for the title. And man, it's so hard because. I thought that that fight was uh, fairly called a split decision. The only difference for me was I I could have gone either way. I gave it to Dillashaw. When they announced it, I was actually surprised that I was right. I was like, I don't think they're going to give it to him, but I think Dillashaw did enough to win that. And then they gave it to him. And then I started thinking about it, and I was like, wow, man. Maybe, maybe Corey Sandhagen did get robbed. I don't know if he maybe, but then I started thinking it's maybe maybe not a robbery, but maybe <laughs> maybe that should have been a draw. Maybe we should see more draws, especially since people lose so much money if they lose fights. You know, like I don't know. It's just just a weird just a weird thought process to where I'm not. I don't have a problem with the decision that was read this weekend, but it could have gone like at least one or two different ways. And I would have been completely fine with that. The only thing that I would have had a problem with was a unanimous decision. So, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. That just, that fight, 
that fight was a good fight. And while TJ Dillashaw definitely made the made off with uh, the lion's share of the benefits from that fight. I really don't think that it hurt Corey Sandhagen in terms of his next fight. I think he's going to get a good opponent. He might even get like the, the loser of uh Jan Sterling, to be honest with you. So, I mean, fuck it. Maybe Rob Font or the, the winner of the next Garbrandt or Aldo fights. Like there, there's a lot of guys that that guy could fight. And it's going to make sense either way for, you know, that fight still getting him into a uh, title contention, so to speak. So, I don't know, man. Like, I've been saying that the UFC lightweight division is the most exciting division in any promotion in, in the sport at all. And I still stick to that. But, man, this Bantamweight division, I think it's a I think it's taken over number two. So watch that UFC Bantamweight division. Please watch it. It's 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 after Jan and Sterling fight and that whole thing gets solved, hopefully. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping Jan just takes his title back like he should have never lost anyway. But, you know, weird things happen in this sport as we've seen with so many things, even recently with, you know, legs breaking and, you know, weird, you know, judging calls and whatnot. But like <sighs> I'm excited about that UFC Bantamweight division. So, but there's other fights on that, uh, on that card that I actually, I actually really didn't mind, you know, like just in terms of what they, uh, they meant for, um, just fights or sorry, fighting in general. Like they were good fights. I don't think they have any real, like the co-main event and like any of those ones, there was no real, uh, like contention things. I mean, I guess the Macy Barber Miranda Maverick thing that neither one of those ladies are fighting Valentina Shevchenko in their next fight. Even if they had won spectacularly, no fucking way. Um, not even. No, the UFC wants to build them up a little bit more. Maybe see if Valentina either goes up in weight or retires or something like I don't know, but that that was not a fight that either of them were going to get catapulted into stardom. And the fact that Macy Barber... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Won in such a controversial way because I don't think she won that fight. I, I really don't. I think she did a lot in the third round to show us that she has heart and good cardio, but I, I, she's, you know, pretty tough, but like, I don't think she won the fight. And I, and I don't think that, I don't think that was an example of the judging being correct, you know, but 
then you shoot up and you got a was it the Kyler Phillips versus a um, Raulian or Haulian Paiva? Uh, I don't know how to say his first name. It's either Raulian or Haulian, depending on how you pronounce it. Uh, Paiva. I'm cool with the Paiva win. I thought I thought Phillips was doing a little bit more, but just at, like when they called it, I really didn't have an issue with it. You know, so that's. That's kind of all, all I really have to say about that card. There was some other good fights on that card. I just I'm not I'm not a big I'm not I'm not gonna go into it. You know I just I I didn't have I don't think any of those guys are really on their way up to the next title shot or even top fucking fifteen contender in in my opinion. Uh, if they are, maybe we'll talk about it more next time. <laughs> but uh, the one that I want to talk about is uh, coming up next. It's the uh, UFC two sixty five. With Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gaon. And then you have the co-main event being Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena. Or insert poor person there who is just going to get embarrassed. Like, the, Juliana Pena was never good enough to fight for the title, even at her best. So the fact that I, I don't even know where she got this title shot from. I think they're just trying to fill names at this point. Hoping maybe Misha Tate meets her at Bantamweight. Maybe uh, Featherweight. I, I don't know what. I forgot what she was fighting at. But that's another cool shout-out. Misha Tate. I forgot about that fight. That was uh, on the card before this um, Dillashaw-Sanhagen fight. Misha Tate. It's exciting to have her back. and <sighs> She looked tough. She looked like Mom Strong. <laughs> but she looked, she looked tough. You know, maybe a little rusty. But m- maybe, you know, maybe. She can be good. Maybe she can fight Nunez. I don't think she's going to beat her, but I don't think she's going to beat Shevchenko. I don't think she's beating either of them. I don't think she's losing enough weight to go down and fight Namajunas in a healthy fashion and win that at all. Like, I just, I don't think there's a title for her to win. I think there's fights for her to win. I don't think there's a title for her to win. So that just, quick shout out to Misha Tate. Love you. Not sure what you're coming back for. But then you got Aldo versus uh, Munoz. So, I mean, shit, dude. Depending on how Jose Aldo does, I mean, if he wins, you you would think even if Munoz wins that there might be a, a fight with Sandhagen for the winner of that fight, you know. Then you got Michael Chiesa versus Vincente Luque, which that's just going to be a good fight. That I can't imagine that's not an exciting fight in some way, like, Unless maybe Michael Chiesa takes Luke down and just tries to like hold him down and not like do anything. Like, I mean, but his submissions are really good. His stand-up's not getting bad. Vincente Luque is a stud all all the way around. Like, so I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's going to be a good fight. And that last fight is in the Bantamweight division. I don't think either uh, Song Yudong or Casey Kennedy are in the top 10 of the Bantamweight. And even if they are... It'd probably still be a good fight if they're, uh, you know, headlining the main card. Especially when you have uh, Angela Hill and Tisha Torres fighting as the uh, main event of the prelim card. You know, so honestly for me, just for safety's sake, I would have put that, I would have swapped those fights. And then you also have that Bobby Green, Rabio, uh, Rafael uh, Fisliev, uh fight at lightweight. And then you have Alonzo Menafield versus Ed Herman at light heavyweight as your preliminary cards right now. I'm sure they're going to add another fighter to to that, but right now that's shaping up to be a really fun card. 
And I mean, even the even just taking a quick look at the early prelims, you got Jessica Penne versus Carolina Kowalczyk. Vince Morales versus Draco Rodriguez, Johnny Munoz versus Jamie Simmons, uh, Manel Cape versus Ode Osborne. And <laughs> I don't know a lot of those names off the top of my head. I do know a few of them, but I like the, the headline of that, uh, of that card, the prelim side of the card is actually not too bad for, for that low down. Like that's probably right where it should be. So I think that's going to shape up to be a really, really good fight. And it's coming up quick. Uh, it's on August 7th. So that prelim card, the one before it that I read with just three fights, that probably that probably is going to be the <laughs> prelim card. It's probably going to be a short prelim card <laughs> before they lead into the main event. But, yeah, that's that's going to be a good one. Um, Derek Lewis versus Cyril Gaon, though. Derek Lewis, the black beast. His balls are sweating Derek Lewis versus... Honestly, a professional-looking athlete, fighting athlete, of course, in Cyril Gaon. He's just he's a he's a strapping dude. Like he 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 looks good wrestling. He looks good striking. Uh, his clinch his clinch works good for his size. He is he's super athletic, and he he he's technically in terms of martial arts very sound. So like. <clears throat> We're really going to see what that means against somebody like Derek Lewis, who is a good fighter. Don't get me wrong. He's a good mixed martial artist. Like He can do everything to a point, but he's, he's not special in anything except for his knockout power. So we're going to really see uh, two things, Cyril Gaon's chin, and we're going to see Derek Lewis against a true like next-generation body type of the division because that's, that, that's what the UFC heavyweight division and any heavyweight division in mixed martial arts is heading for are those guys that are as big as Cyril Gaon. You know, and the, he, he's 6'3", and he, he, uh, I think he weighed in at 245, and it, it goes from like a, a 235 to a 265 limit in heavyweight, you know, because Lewis weighs in at 260. Uh, 260, 265, depending on what it is. But, like, even Lewis is, like, you know, an inch shorter than him. But, like, 6'3 for Gon, 245 pounds, and he is, he's athletic as a motherfucker. So that's what the division's heading for, just body type-wise. We're, like, long gone are the days of the, uh, the roided-out guys like Brock Lesnar, you know, or fucking whoever else. Uh, and... Then you got the guys like Cain Velasquez that just come with the good cardio. Well, yeah, but like when when Cain also dropped weight, he also dropped cardio. His chin left. You know, he just he wasn't the same guy. So even even though he he was uh, fighting at a lower weight of the heavyweight scale, it didn't make him better. So it, it's not about what your weight is necessarily. It's about what you're bringing physically to the game. So. You know, you got guys like Francis Ngannou who probably, I think he weighs 265 on the dot because he is just a brick shithouse of muscle. And what, he's like 6'4", 6'5"? Guy's, guy's just a monster of a human being. Uh, then you got like guys like uh, Stephen Miocic. Not necessarily like the physique of a Francis Ngannou, but just a, you know, big motherfucker, pretty athletic, you know, kind of skinny if you, if you really think about it. 
Then you got a like a Daniel Cormier is another good example of a, a UFC heavyweight, you know, kind of a prototype body where he's not ripped in any way, shape, and form. But he's got the cardio, he's got the you know the wrestling ability, he's got good power, he's got you know a decent chin. Like Daniel Cormier, honestly, is what you usually see in the body type of a heavyweight fighter, whether they're good or not. And then these other guys are kind of just you know uh, branches off of what what it could be. You know, remember back in the day, I think. Uh, I think it was like, uh, I can't remember his name. I think it was Mirko Krokop, maybe, who was like a heavyweight for a second or a couple fights. And it was just like, well, yeah, like, look at those legs. And then also he's pretty fucking tall and he's a pretty big dude. But I could be thinking of him at light heavyweight. I can't remember. I digress. But when we're looking at this Lewis gone, gone fight, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you're Derek Lewis, just keep knocking people out, man. Just keep doing it. If you're Cyril gone... All you really got to worry about is the knockout. So this could this actually has the potential to be a pretty boring fucking fight. I really hope it isn't just because of the two fighters and their ability. But if Saragon's smart, he does not keep this fight standing against Derek Lewis. So there's that, man. And uh, I, I kind of wanted to talk about the Aldo Munoz fight. But I just talked about the Bantamweight for a long time. And the Aldo Munoz fight is not probably not going to make the next title shot. So, yeah, you know, I I think I'm going to fucking skip that one, man. I think I'm going to fucking skip it. What do you guys want to talk about? I don't really want to talk about... I don't want to talk about anything, like, set on a on a schedule. I mean, there is that UFC 266, too, with... Uh, that's a pretty good card. Uh, but I'm... I, I mean, man, there's a lot of time. But... Oh, you know... One thing that I did forget that I, I did say I was going to talk about was uh, that uh, that guy in the Bantamweight division, his name's uh, Marab Dwabishwili. His next fight is against Marlon Marias. And I think that's on UFC 266 too, so that's going to be a fucking good card, guys. Oh, man. UFC 266, that's going to be a good fucking card. Marab Dwabishwili... Physically, he is just a brick shit house for his weight division. And he's a bantamweight, just to remind you. Um, good wrestling, good power, good chin, good heart. Uh, good, good, uh, he looks hungry. You know what I mean? Like, he, like good fire, you know. Um, <sighs> this Sean O'Malley versus Chris Mutino fight, you know, when uh, I think it was Lewis Smoka had to drop. Marab Dwabis Willie came out and said, hey, I'll fucking fight him. I don't give a shit. And UFC's like, ooh, nah. We'll go with the guy who works 80 hours a week at a fucking pain store. Because they knew that if Dwabish Willie, who's already training for this fight, which isn't, like, he's in camp for this fight right now. So during the O'Malley fight, he was either beginning camp or, like, in the midst of like it, maybe not in the true middle, but like right in the midst of fucking training. So he, he would have at least been ready to go. <laughs> the UFC had no interest in Rob Dwabish Willie fighting Sean O'Malley because they know that like, especially like looking back, like on what Chris Mutino just endured, you know, like that kid, he didn't even have a training camp. I don't even know if he's that good. Otherwise I've never even heard of him until this fight. Like, but like, if you, if you're him and, you know, O'Malley, the O'Malley's this knockout artist and you're taking his best shots, 
Like and he Mutino obviously lost. I'm not saying that he like won or anything, but just the the way he took that beating was almost like what else you got, O'Malley? And it didn't look like anything. So Marab Dwavish Willie, who's like a true top ten bantamweight. Uh, he might even be between the top ten and top fifteen, technically speaking. Right now, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'd have to look again. I'll, I'll do that just to make my uh, my point, though. Um, I have the rankings right up here. I have them all queued up, so don't worry. Uh, yeah, actually, he's number eleven. So there you go. He's right. He's right behind Dom Cruz. So that actually might be a decent fight for Dom Cruz after this. I I, I don't know. You know, he is trying to fight up the ladder, but Dwavish Willie said that he would fight. Uh, Sean O'Malley, even though he's slated to fight uh, Pedro Munoz, which is, uh, oh, sorry, he's not, sorry, not Pedro Munoz. He is slated to fight, gotta go back to the card now, uh, Marlon Marias, sorry. <laughs> slated to fight Marlon Marias, who is number seven, actually. He's higher ranked than Pedro Munoz, so <laughs> don't wanna, don't wanna, you know, uh, get you know diminish the the situation. This is number eleven Dwavish Willie versus number seven ranked Marlon Marias. So Dwavish Willie wins. We really could see a Dom Cruz or uh, Cody Garbrandt or you know Sanhagen maybe fight for Dwavish Willie next. So like Dwavish Willie's in the thick of things right now, right? Um, Sean O'Malley he he just talks like he's in the thick of things and especially his performance against a kid who had 10 days notice and no chance in hell of winning this fight otherwise um size he in terms of size he was outmatched in terms of technique he was outmatched in terms of speed he was outmatched the only thing he wasn't outmatched in was a uh, chin and heart <laughs> but i mean o'malley just o'malley dominated this poor kid and he beat the fuck out of him uh for 15 minutes but the thing is is the kid came out looking better than he did going in because i didn't know who the fuck this kid was it was i i kind of want to see chris mutuna fight next now of course i'll watch sean o'malley fight next but there's no way once he uh starts reaching this top 15. Like if you were to give Sean O'Malley, Cody Stamen or Marlon Vera or Jimmy Rivera, sorry, Marlon Vera Cheeto, you were to give that rematch to him. Uh, or, you know, even number 13, Ray Jimmy Rivera, or maybe even Rafael Asuncao, um, which then you'd have to give Dwavish really after that. But I digress. Like you can, you can give him anyone in the top 15 and he's going to lose to him from Dominic Cruz at number 10 to Cody Stamen at number 15, anyone in between, Dwavish Willie, Asuncao, Rivera, Vera. Um, O'Malley is not going to win. And I think we all realize that against that Mutino fight. There's no way that O'Malley is going to beat a wrestler. There's no way that if his knockout power isn't working, that he's going to handle people the same way he handled a kid on 10 days notice, a kid with no name. Just in terms of stand-up, Cheeto Vera... In that fight against uh, O'Malley, which I I really do think that no matter what happened, Vera was winning at that fight. Uh, if they give him that rematch with Cheeto Vera versus Sean O'Malley, we're looking at Cheeto Vera basically exposing Sean O'Malley for a, a, a punk, dude. Man, like I can't imagine Cheeto Vera doesn't walk through Sean O'Malley. 
Now, Jimmy Rivera at number 13, I don't know much about... I, I haven't actually watched a lot of Jimmy Rivera fights. I can't imagine that it would be much different anyway, just based on his ranking. Rafael Sunsau, always competitive. But then you get up to 11 at Rob Dwavish Willie, and Dwavish Willie even offered to solve this question. And this was my point of bringing him up. Dwavish Willie said he would step in and fight Sean O'Malley on that short notice. And the UFC kind of just went, uh, Chris Moutinho. Like, <laughs> like they, they, they wanted no part of it. You know, they, they wanted their star to at least shine bright for one more fight. And it just, it sucks because now Sean O'Malley is going to get another good fight. He's going to get good money for his next fight because of his name and everything. Even though, in my opinion, he doesn't deserve it. Like, we just saw what kind of a, what kind of a you know, punch he really packs. And I don't think that there's enough training or time for him to, like, go back to the drawing board and get better all around. You know, like, I just, I can't really see him doing that. Uh, he, just, he doesn't strike me as the type that has that kind of drive or even prowess in terms of uh, athleticism, talent, martial arts understanding. Um, he just seems like a good striker, kind of like a... What is it, like a Splenda version of Israel Adesanya? <laughs> uh, it's mean to Israel Adesanya, I'm sorry. But, yeah, I I just wanted to bring up that Marab Dwalvish, really, because he's a guy to really watch in the Bantamweight division, but then O'Malley's sitting there saying, like, oh, you know, like, I only had to take uh, this Mutino kid, you know, because nobody else wanted to fight me. And it was like, yeah, you, you, then you start calling out, like, Dom Cruz and stuff like that. Like, dude, fuck around and find out. You can have Dom Cruz. You can have anyone in the top 10 and I'm okay with it because all of them will expose you and we'll just be done with your story. Like, it'll be like, oh man, Sugar Show's over. Kind of like a bad Netflix show or like one that only got like one or two seasons worth of green light, you know? So I just, I just, for Sean O'Malley's next fight, it doesn't really matter to me who he fights next, just as long as they're one of those guys who can just expose him and just just completely get rid of the sugar show because once he's exposed the way that I'm talking about, there's nothing else for him in the UFC. Like neither, neither of Sean O'Malley or Chris Moutinho are ever going to fight. Let's say Corey Sandhagen, not in the UFC. <laughs> They're not going to fight like uh, TJ Dillashaw. They're not going to fight a Piotr Jan. Uh, I'm not calling him the champion, but the guy who's wearing the belt right now, Aljamain Sterling, they're still never going to fight him either. And as much as I disagree with that Jan Sterling, uh, I would I would argue that Sterling still has more claim to the title than O'Malley ever has or ever will. So, I mean, well, shit, that actually brings up another point. Piotr Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. Man, I don't think I got to talk about that one. Or if I did, I didn't talk enough. I just There's not enough you can say, man. I just, I cannot wait until... Piotr Jan finally gets his belt back and we could just start calling him the champion like he should have been called the entire time. And, and it's sickening to me to see on like social media and all these articles about Aljamain Sterling really saying anything about anything. Even when he comments on like other fights, it, it just makes my fucking blood boil, man. Like, 
I, I just, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go terribly terribly deep into it. I just, I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna make it sound personal just because like it makes me that kind of mad where like I really fucking like if if, if I get heated heated enough and I have enough alcohol, I might start yelling about it. Should I do that, guys? Should I should I take a shot right now and then start start getting mad about the uh, Aljamain Sterling Piotr Jan fight and start hyping up the next one? I think I should. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Come on, let me let me find my bottle of whiskey. I'm gonna find it. All right. All right. This one. Oh. Gotta get to, I'm not gonna take it out of the glass, but I'm getting a shot glass right now, guys, so. Forgive me if it takes a second, but. How are you guys doing? All right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so this one's for the homies, but more importantly, it's for Piotr Jan, and it's a cheers to uh, getting his title back. And if you're wondering, I did use a chaser, so. (laughs) Sorry. I love whiskey. Uh, I'm not going to say sponsored by Buffalo Trace because I I feel like I sound like I listen to too much Joe Rogan, but I am drinking Buffalo Trace. So, (laughs) sorry, something about it, you know, being the oldest distillery in America, just it's just like, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, I, I don't know. But Piotr Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. Now, to do this fight justice, this next fight justice, I'm just going to talk about their stats from the first fight. I'm going to talk about what it means. Because after all this time, I watched the fight as it happened. I watched it in its entirety uh, you know, through my ESPN Plus app, which is another benefit to watch, to buying that. People get so mad, like, I don't want to buy it just for the pay-per-view. Well, if you're an actual fight fan, you get access to all the other fights that you can watch over again if you actually want to see what actually happened unbiasedly and after the fact. So, I mean, they have all of them, man. Like, they even have, like, you know, old, old, old fights. And they have other stuff on there, too. I, it, it's it's actually, it's just, it's worth getting. It's It's becoming a bigger... Sports hub of an app, if that makes sense. So, baseball, football, basketball, tennis, golf, all that stuff. Soccer is also on there, too. It's not just fighting. You're not just buying it for the pay-per-view. You're buying it if you're an actual sports fan. So, I don't want to fucking hear it. But, Piotr Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. Sorry. That uh, that shot is just like right to the head. Um, Let's talk about... Let's talk about total strikes because I have the stats right here and I'm looking at them. And Aljamain Sterling has been quoted in interviews as, you know, saying stuff along the lines of he was in control of the fight anyway or, you know, it was going his way or blah, blah, blah. And if he really believes that, then that guy is delusional. There is no way that a rational human being could go through a fight like the one that he went with with Jan and think that he was winning at all. I mean, even a healthy ego says like, eh, maybe it's a draw. And it still wasn't a draw, you know? <laughs> like, so I'm, 
I'm looking back on this fight and looking forward to the second one because from what I remember and what the stats back up is that Piotr Jan threw punches and those punches meant something. Whereas Sterling may have hit him with punches, but by and large, he was flailing. And I mean, he had some half-assed ground game that like, I mean, I'm looking at the control time. They say that he had three minutes and 25 seconds of control time in the fight. Yeah, maybe maybe like holding him in certain positions before Jan was able to get out of it and get up. But like at no point was Jan in danger of like a submission finish or like, you know, strike finish or anything like that when during that three minutes and 25. But on the other side of it, it says that Jan had four minutes and 12 seconds. And from what I remember, when Jan was in control, a lot more damage happening. A lot more damage happening. But then, you know, let's look at the stand-ups. You have, and I'm going to use numbers on this just to illustrate my point. With Sterling, you have good activity, man. Like, he was active the entire fight. He was always moving. He was trying to, you know, change levels, trying to give him, you know, things to look at, things to consider, trying to vary up a rhythm with his strikes so he could try to catch him. Like, he was doing all the right things, but it, 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 did, it wasn't doing anything to Jan. And that evidence is, if you take the 260 total strikes that Sterling threw, he landed 119 of them, which is, uh, it's, it's less than 50%. It's about 45%, actually. Um, but then you, you co- contrast that to Jan, and you're like, oh, man, like, Jan must have thrown a lot. No, actually, Jan only threw 157 strikes. So you have... The total strikes for Sterling being 260, you have Jan's total strike. This is total strikes for the whole fight being 157. So he threw uh, like 103 less strikes than Sterling, and he only landed 16 less total than Sterling. Now, to me, just that alone. So Jan was 103 for 157 on his total strike. Uh, differential, which is a, a 65% landing rate. So maybe even like 66, 67, but it's, it's a, it's, it's above 60% landing rate for his total strikes. So he's more efficient. So, you know, you, you can, you can argue activity all day long, but if I'm more efficient than you and I'm getting, you know, more damage in, and my, and we're landing the same, you know, I'm landing near the same amount of you on the same strikes. I, 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 Number, uh, volume tends to go out the window, if that makes sense. So I would give the edge in that, in the total strikes to yawn, just based on efficiency. Um, in terms of significant strikes, if you want to get specific, <laughs> of the 260 total strikes that Sterling threw, 230 of those were counted as significant. And he landed less than 100 of them. Now, that right there to me is just, that is just sad. I don't want to say that gives him the loss, you know, but God, that's sad. You throw almost 300, sorry, not 300. You throw almost 250 significant strikes and you land less than 100 of them. What are you doing? Who are you fighting? You know what I mean? So that's either a big blow on your part to your ability or that's a huge compliment to the other guy's ability to not get hit by you. But then you contrast that Piotr Jan only threw 137 strikes. And remember, I said Aljamain Sterling 
landed 97 of those significant strikes, well, Piotr Jan landed 86. So Jan threw less and landed comparably as many. And I, again, like the significant strike differential is like a less than 50% for uh, Aljamain Sterling, whereas it's uh, around the same plus 60% for Piotr Jan. Like this guy is just efficient and he just lands, lands, lands. And then you look at the head strikes. 154 attempts at a head strike for Aljamain Sterling landed 40. <laughs> 96 attempted head strikes for Piotr Jan landed 48. So there you go for that. Head strikes go to Jan. And that's that's what we saw too. Like, I mean, Sterling did get knocked down. So, I mean, congratulations to his heart and will to, you know, survive. But Sterling, you did get knocked down. That's also a stat. It's a... One one knockdown to zero knockdowns on Sterling's side. He didn't knock Jan down at all. He didn't even come close, in my opinion. He, not even close. He never stumbled Jan. There was never like a point where like, oh shit, Piotr Jan's in trouble. In the entire fight, no matter where it was, the entire four and a half rounds that it lasted, at no point did anyone think Piotr Jan was in trouble. <laughs> and that that's that's resounding. Like, even if you talk to people that are like, well, you know, Sterling did deserve the win and he does deserve to be champion because Piotr Jan went against the rules. They're like, okay, but do you think that Sterling was winning the fight? Oh, no, 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 no. He he wasn't winning the fight. Like, (laughs) no, no, the fuck he wasn't. And then I'm going to get petty, too, uh, with body shots. Sterling threw 60, landed 43, which, eh. He does have yawn on in terms of volume, and technically he landed more, but 43 out of 60 versus Jan's 21 for 24. So he threw 24, landed 21. Jan, more efficient, more accurate. Honestly, that kind of does something for me. So I just, I, maybe, maybe that negates itself based on the volume versus the efficiency spectrum, because it's not like, you know, Sterling threw. 12 or start through 60 and landed 12 you know he he was pretty close to you know being pretty accurate with his body shots but not nearly as effective efficient or accurate as Jan, even though he threw less so that may be just a perspective thing but then you look at leg kicks which are only separated guys and you're gonna you're gonna appreciate this one they're only separated by um uh one strike I guess you would call either way so Jan Jan threw 17 Sterling threw 16 Sterling landed 14 of those 16 kicks whereas Jan landed a hundred percent of the kicks that he threw to the legs so to me especially in the way the game is evolving leg strikes also have a big big impact on control of a fight and I mean, their their strike numbers are comparative, but that's that that goes against Sterling in the worst way because, yeah, he had one less leg kick attempt, but it's only one less, and it's not like he was a hundred percent. Whereas Jan threw more and was still a hundred percent. So, I I mean that that does factor into it for me. But then let's look at the uh, the we were talking about the ground game, but like the takedowns too, because takedowns 
if you're a big GSP, uh, maybe not supporter, lover, whatever, but like, if you used to watch GSP, takedowns used to make the difference. He may not even have been winning the fight on the feet, but as long as he got his takedowns, he was going to win that fight. You know, so let's look at the takedowns. Jan, Piotr Jan, was 7 for 7 on his takedowns, which is, that's healthy. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice, healthy takedown attempt to uh, finish ratio. <laughs> 7 for 7, that's, in some matchups, that's unheard of. But at this high of a level... Seven for seven against a guy like Aljamain Sterling, who was supposed to have the wrestling advantage. That alone should win Piotr on the fucking match. Especially considering Aljamain Sterling was one for 17. Seven for seven versus one for 17. What do you want to be? <laughs> so, yeah. I, I look at it the way that I look at it right now, and Aljamain Sterling, Piotr Jan, number one, was an example of Piotr Jan having too good a striking for how overzealous he was to finish the fight. You know, if you go back and watch, it looked like he had the rhythm of what exactly was about to happen. You know, he was, you know... I I don't know if he attempted to take down or if Sterling shot and was denied or whatever, but they were coming up from something from the ground. And it was one of those one-two movements to where the next step would have been for Sterling to get up and, you know, swing or shoot or clench or whatever. But, like, get up is what he looked like he was, you know, expected to do, at least from if you're Piotr Jan looking down at him. You know, so you're pushing down and pushing down, and he gets, you know, up and tries to do whatever – well, just the rhythm of that whole thing, Piotr Jan went boom, boom, and then threw the knee in anticipation, caught him when his knees were still down. Now, I don't want to say that Aljamain Sterling knew that that's what he was planning on doing, but I also do want to say that I saw that shit live, and it looked like Aljamain Sterling was thinking if he wanted to compete or not. And you know these guys know the rules, especially a guy as high of a as high of a level as Aljamain Sterling. He knew that he had a DQ in his hands. He knew it. We've seen other fighters press on, and some of them win, some of them lose. But he, we know that when stuff like that happens, and it's you know a DQ loss versus a. <laughs> Going possibly the end of the round, if not another full round, which in this case, yeah, would have been another round and a half. You know, he still had to finish the the fourth round that he was in. I think it was like, what, 30 seconds, 45 seconds left in that fourth round. Then he would have a whole another fifth round <laughs> with Piotr Jan, who was beating the shit out of him at that point. So for me, Aljamain Sterling looked like he's, he thought it over. He wasn't like, oh, my head hurts. I'm trying to figure out if I can do it. No, he was like, if I take this title now, worst case scenario, I have to defend it against him again, and we'll see what happens then. Or, God forbid, whatever happens, and I never have to fight this guy ever again, and I can beat everyone else that's not him. But at no point did anyone watching that fight ever think that Aljamain Sterling had that fight in the bag ever. If you actually have ever watched more than 
a couple MMA fights ever, you would know that Piotr Jan was winning that fight no matter what the you know tape says on volume. And I just talked about the, the statistics. If you're a statistics person, look at him and then watch the fight and then tell me who won. And you're like, wow, Piotr Jan threw less and landed more? <laughs> or landed as many? That's crazy. Statistically speaking, Piotr Jan was beating the shit out of Aljamain Sterling. Physically speaking, you could look back on their <laughs> after-fight appearances. Sterling was worse for the wear. You could also look at circumstantially. It wasn't getting better as the fight was going on for Aljamain Sterling. His best round was either the first or the second. And that's just because he. there's no way that he won both of those at all. There's no way at all. So if he was going to win one, you can pick the first or the second, and that's fine. But he didn't win... He didn't win that fight in any capacity. There there wasn't even like a debate on who should have won a decision, let alone who was about to work for a finish. And I think Sterling knew that. That's how he acted. That's how he looked. He didn't look like he was trying to like... I've seen people get... I've been dazed. Like, that's not how... You don't look like you're thinking about stuff. You're trying to react before your body can move, and it comes out as like slurs, stutters, it, it, you go, you go true blank sometimes. Not, not like he was just like, oh man, yeah, I don't know, man, my fucking head hurts. That shit sucks. <sighs> I'm gonna try to go on, and then like he he gets up and he's like, yeah, that sucks, man. And then he goes back down to a knee, and it's just like, you're fucking kidding me, dude. You, you like you're thinking about whether you can beat him or not. You're you're taking self inventory, and you're wondering, okay, if I caught my breath back, can I beat him? And then he caught his breath back and he was like, I don't think I can beat this guy, but I can win the title. And then from whatever, like, how many fights have been, how many title fights have been in history, not even just in their division, but like in history, how many title fights have just been canceled? So he's thinking, if I can take the title now, maybe I won't have to fight him again. And even if I do, maybe I can catch him in the first two, two rounds when I know that I'm at least physically capable of doing so. But he's like, I better work on my cardio and fucking get this shit going. Like, Aljamain Sterling, you did not win that fight against Piotr Jan the first time around. And I firmly believe that you are going to get your shit pushed in in the second. Like, it enrages me that somebody would cop out like that. It's not like it's not like it was an eye poke to where it's just like, dude, like, sometimes you cannot get those eyelids to open up because it's just physically not possible. This was like an ambiguous fucking knee kick that like, did he land it cleanly? Ah, man, when I'm watching it, he landed it. But like, how many elbows and knees have you taken in grappling practice and wrestling practice and striking practice and you keep going the entirety of the time and you know that you're fine? Yeah, you can take a couple and it sucks. Maybe you need a second to, you know, garner it back. And it's, it, it was completely the right call to stop the fight because of an illegal blow. It was even right to take a point from him. You know, so like at the very least, heading into the uh, to the fifth round, it should have been three to one. I would never have said three to two. If you wanted to give him one of the first two rounds, you'd have to just give him the round that he had the disqualification point in just to make it actual, like realistic. Like there's no way Aljamain Sterling was 2-2 going into the fifth if that round had ended in the fourth uh, without the stoppage that it had. So... <laughs> I just, I'm looking at this enraged because, like, as a martial artist, as a fight fan, like, P. 
people in championship fights are not supposed to be little bitches. And I'm not talking about the Conor McGregor little bitch where you break your leg and you're talking about people's wife in DMs and stuff when you won't even show the actual messages because you know they're not bad. But, like, I'm talking about, like, somebody who knew they weren't going to be able to finish a fight victoriously copping out to an injury just because people saw it, saw something happen and wanted to be like, hey, man, you good? And you're like, oh, I can't go on. And they're like, well, if you can't go on, we got to give you the title. And you're like, oh, shit, I got to get the title? Well, that fucking sucks. Let me see. Yeah, no, I can't go on. Like, that's what it was for me when I was watching that shit. There was no heart. There was no, like, actual self-inventory. There was no, like, moment where you saw him and stood and be like, all right, motherfucker, you just need me when I was down. You knew you weren't supposed to do that or, you know, whatever. But then he gets up and does something about it. No, there was none of that. He was like, man, I kind of got a headache. It's like, yeah, because you've been hitting the fucking face so hard. You know what I mean? Like, I just, oh, God. It fucking boils my blood that Aljamain Sterling has that belt right now. Because he doesn't deserve it. There's at least a few other guys in that division. TJ Dillashaw deserves that fucking belt over Aljamain Sterling. And I don't even think that Aljamain Sterling doesn't deserve to be a contender. I don't even think that in the right circumstances he could be the title holder. But he did not earn this shit and he is acting like he did. And God damn it, he didn't. <sighs> Sorry, that 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 felt good to get off my chest. I'm just I'm really excited for for this next fight. So yeah, you know, um Watch it. <laughs> no, I just, you know, going for an hour straight on that kind of stuff, it just makes me makes me realize that there's a lot of good fights coming up, but we're in the middle of the storyline right now for almost every division, except for the uh, the welterweight division. That's, <laughs> until further notice, Kamaru Usman is the scariest motherfucker probably on the planet. And I mean, I, I feel bad that they're calling the uh, Cyril Gaon versus Derek Lewis fight a, an interim title fight because we all know that Francis Ngannou should not lose that title because the UFC doesn't want to pay him more money. You know, and that's 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 a whole, you know, podcast in and of itself is the UFC screwing its fighters over. And I, I get it to a point, but that that might be the, the only real hurdle with the whole UFC thing you know being like uh one of the top sports i mean it's already growing it might even be top five but it's not top three you can't compete with baseball basketball and football not not when you're you know holding out on your like john jones could have fought a couple times conor mcgregor probably would have fought more you might have even get gotten khabib out of retirement and gsp Francis Ngannou would never have had the title stripped from him. Uh, there, there's several guys that everyone wants to fight that you know you can make loads of money off of. And you're honestly, you're costing yourself more money by not giving them the fights when they're, you know, warranted and holding out in the long run. You're like, they're, you would have had to pay, you know, Ngannou, what, let, let's just say like 20 million, you know, to fight whoever next. <laughs> But you now you're holding out, and his next fight, which isn't going to help the division anymore, is probably going to cost y'all like thirty to forty million. Like I don't know if those are the actual numbers; those are just like examples of just numbers I'm pulling out of my ass. I just it just seems like it'll be more expensive the longer you wait because the anticipation's higher. But you're also taking away, you're sucking away this guy's ability to have a career, 
And I mean, even with the with the uh, the the early prelim and preliminary card fighters, like you, you guys are making it hard to be a career professional fighter, but yet you're giving them the platform. You're you're what like you know here's five grand for one fight that you train three months for. If I made five grand in three months, I might as well just keep the job that I have right now, like, and I don't even make five grand in three months. So I just. <laughs> It's almost insulting. Like, these guys are putting their bodies on the line. And, you know, the UFC is just hoarding money. Like, they they charge 80 bucks per pay-per-view. And there's a couple million viewers. Like, there's no way that they don't have enough to pay everybody pretty fairly. You know, and that's that's probably where I'll end that off. And then Sean and I will argue about that at some point in the future. (laughs) But... You know, I did, I want I want to feel good. I, I I looking at the time right now. I I cleared an hour. Um, hopefully, I was concise. I I did take a shot through that podcast. Um, but at the same time, it, you know that was that wasn't too long ago. I feel like I'm feel like I'm feeling it more now than I was then. But <laughs> but no, I I I hope that was that was a good one for you guys because um, we got some good cards coming up. We got some good matchups. I didn't talk about all of them. Sean and I like to, to, you know, talk about these fights too, but there's also a lot of lot of fluff in between all those fights that are going on on these cards that either we're never going to talk about afterwards, you know, even before, or we got to wait to see what happens to even mention it relevantly. So pretty much, man, if you're listening to me, you're listening to the only only uh only good stuff. <laughs> I'm kidding, but I'm not. Um yeah, but um, I don't know. Has this been sports, Sporticus, and have you guys been sports entertained? Or is this just MMA Torch? I don't know. I don't know which one I'm on. I think I'm on both. So this has been MMA Torch, and you've been Sporticus entertained. <laughs> Sean's going to kick my ass for that one. You can find us on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, all at Sporticus Live. That's Sport, I-C-U-S, Live. Sporticus Live. See you there.